Hey everybody, this is Only Dads Podcast, recording on a Sunday, February 25th. Sunday, fun day, want to wish you guys a great tidings. Uh, we're going to be going over a few topics today, guys. We're going to be going over the commercial lunar landing. We're going to be hitting on the primaries and the Republican primaries, as well as the Democratic primaries. We're also going to be briefly discussing kind of what's new on the horizon in our lives and Without further ado, we're just going to break into it. So the Lunar Landing, as you guys follow the podcast, JWST was a big thing for us, James Webb Space Telescope. And so this being no different, we were able to successfully land on the moon. By we, I mean United States. And by how? Well, SpaceX Falcon 9. Uh, this private company, Nova Sea Lander, also dubbed the Odysseus, successfully landed near the lunar South Pole on Thursday. First time in over 50 years, guys. That's huge. That's great news. Uh, this is a private company. And NASA, as you know, we try to land a space probe on the moon. It didn't go well. We couldn't do it. So that pushed back the landing humans on the moon back. But this private company was able to land. And this is like the second as part of the Commercial Lunar Payload Services program initiated started by NASA to encourage commercial moon landing missions as part of the Artemis program. So this is taking place about a month after the failed astrobotic program mission that burned up in Earth's atmosphere. We went over that as well. So, uh, Ricky, kind of what are your thoughts on this? We were finally able to go to the moon. Uh, this is a big for space exploration. Uh, what do you think? Uh, it is big and it's crazy because it's a private company. So that's my, you know, uh, well, both of us and most of our listeners probably will not have remembered the last time that NASA went to the moon, which was 72, Apollo 17. And that was the last mission. And then since the Apollo missions were shut down. So, you know, we, or at least I, and, you know, most of us probably grew up remembering movies of going to the moon, that being the thing, right? It, it helped us win the space race against the Soviets it marked this huge step in uh in you know human history being able to you know land on a celestial object and then and then kind of silent right but then culturally it was always there right like the moon was always a thing for america a point of pride uh national pride technology pride all that stuff uh and then recently india as well landed one of their probes on the moon big deal for them too great awesome uh but as you know, time went by, um, NASA wasn't so interested in uh, just that check mark of landing on the moon, kind of like, you know, we've been there, done that. And I think what we're seeing now is like, okay, we have been there and done that, but it was so long ago, can we still get there? And then uh, we are slowly realizing that it's more difficult than we think. And then enter uh, private companies, right? SpaceX and uh, Intuitive Machines uh, being able to land on there. Uh, I think it's great because you know, these private companies and, and NASA too, yeah, they're doing a thing and the thing is to land on the moon or, or to, you know, build rockets or something. But in the process of doing that, what we're not seeing is they're making little little steps to make, you know, the tech, excuse me, to make the tech better. And while they make the tech better, they're going to have advances in material sciences and stuff like that. And that's how they're making money uh, through patents and stuff like that. So I, I don't see it as a bad thing. I see that as a great thing. Um, I wish it would have been NASA, right? I think that's me personally. I wanna, I wanna feel like the government's doing a good job, and I wanna feel like you know, we have our quote unquote our best minds on it. But then a private company kind of takes it away from me. But you know, 
it's still nice to see that it's possible. Uh, it is happening on our soil. It's happening every day, you know, like the James Webb telescope um, that I felt like it was yesterday, you know, we're still getting images all you know, every time uh, about it. And so it's great that there's technology happening. Who knows what's this going to mean down the road? I told Tom all the time, um, whenever we're talking about, and you know, we're talking about space and planets and stuff. And I was like, yeah, dude, one day you're going to see someone go on the moon and maybe you, and I want that to be true. You know, I don't, I don't want him to be an astronaut or anything, but the fact that it could be him, you know, we're thinking 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, are we going to be on the moon on Mars? We have to get there, you know, and that's my, I think I, I it's happy. It's a happy day to see this happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great time. Yeah. So this is, this, yeah, this is big, man. Uh, I can't ever stress that. And we'll guys, we'll keep you updated. Hopefully one day we will get on the moon. Uh, the next topic we're going to be switching to is the primary. Uh, New Hampshire just had their primary and the Republican party and Donald Trump won. And Nikki Haley came in a distant second, but the kind of night started off. Trump was over 60% and Haley was under 40%. And how it kind of ended is Trump went down to 54% and Haley went up to 43%. So, uh, there's, they're technically the only two in the race still officially, even though other names are on the ballot, but basically those two, only two candidates in the race. I think this shows obviously Trump's strength and his hold on the party. And this solidified it because basically a sweep of all the early voting states, but it also shows that he has a, uh, he has a ceiling and he doesn't get any higher than that. So yeah, he'll win, but look at the votes that didn't come his way. And I think there's something to be said by Nikki Haley staying in the race because she's vowed to stay in the race. So uh, she and she picked up about nine get delegates of this state. And then uh, Donald Trump gained 12. So it's kind of proportional. Not all of them like that. Some are winner take all. And I think if Trump had his way, it'd be all winner take uh, take all. So that's kind of how it's going to shake out. But uh, this is obviously Trump's Republican Party. It's the, the MAGA party, some would say. So I kind of. Ricky, kind of what are your thoughts on this primary and should Nikki Haley stay in the race? Should she get out of the race? And what do you think this kind of holds for the presidential election when they pivot to the general? Yeah, so I think Trump's going to win. I think we we're all clear on that. But I think what's interesting is why is Nikki Haley staying in the race if, if it looks like she's not going to win? And uh, I think what she's trying to do is to show American public that there is um, a difference between the Trump Republicans and the other Republicans. I think that's what she's doing because she's young. Uh, she doesn't have to run this time, you know, she's choosing to. Uh, I think they're grooming her for for a later run, you know, a more successful run probably. Um, I don't think she's gonna be Trump's running mate because uh, some of the things that they've said back and forth and I don't think Trump, uh, I don't think she would, I mean, she probably will take it, but um, so I think that's what she's doing. She's, she's trying to be the voice of like normal Republicans as it were versus Trump's uh, like where we talk about MAGA Republicans. Now, you hit the nail on the head by saying that it's Trump's Republican Party. It is. We saw that with the with the um, the immigration bill not passing the Senate um, because Trump called on his Republicans to not, even though it was a sweetheart deal for the Republicans, they said no because their leader said no. So to me, uh, it it doesn't make sense from a individual perspective. If I'm Nikki Haley, why am I still running? It does make sense on a long term um, like long term strategy, which is. We want to we want to change the direction of the Republican Party. Um, now, what's interesting is I saw this uh, uh, this this um, statistic. I want to know your thoughts on it. Forty eight percent of uh, likely Democrat voters do not believe that Biden will be the nominee. What do you think? I think that that's 
almost like fool's horn because mm-hmm. obviously he's going to be our nominee. Just look at the state of the race. The only real, I wouldn't even say real candidate, but it'd be the Dean Phillips of the world. No one fucking knows who that is. Correct. That's not going to change, especially this far into the primary season that we're in. So I think that's just more kind of like a protest vote, so to speak. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm just, I don't like that Joe Biden's our nominee and I wish it was somebody else. But hey, everybody had, like me, everybody had the opportunity to run and they decided not to. Correct. So you can't fault the leading candidate for deciding to run again he's like he's one he's the incumbent uh two uh no one else no one no one else decided to run everybody had the opportunity everybody could have you know mounted a good campaign but at the end of the day joe biden is the only guy to beat trump that that is true and what's what's another thing that's uh interesting is you know when I, I mean, somebody out there would know, but when was the last time that a sitting president did not choose to be reelected? I think it looks bad as a nation if your president is like, I'm not going to do it. You know, it's uh, you're leaving the party without a leader. And uh, if if you're getting to, if you're getting told from, you know, your uh, the heads of the Democratic National Convention that we got no one else, that it's you. It's your duty. Like, you fucking better stay there and do it. And, you know, I would imagine that if there was someone else that they wanted to put up uh, and they had told Biden, hey, this is our guy. I don't think Biden would have been so uh, so individualistic that he'd say, no, I'm the guy I'm saying. I think it would have been like, OK, cool. If that's what you all think, like I'm bowing out. But you did say Biden is the only one to be Trump, which is true. So, it, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, his, it's his duty to stay in there. Um, it'd be it, it's going to be an interesting election. Um you know, a lot of states, well, particularly Georgia, flipped last year, right? We were a, for the presidential election, we were yeah. a Republican state in uh, in uh, 2020, and then we flipped, or in 16, and then we flipped in 2020. Um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and, the, and to answer your question, it was uh, Polk, James Buchanan, Rutherford B. Hayes, Calvin Coolidge, and Harry Truman uh, wow. did not see, did not run for a second term. So that's kind of. It's been over um, 60 years, right. something like that. Because Truman yeah, was in the fifties, some of that. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, and but most of the part you have the incumbent has a, an advantage. So yeah. you know, I I, I think that uh, Joe Biden's going to do uh, the best thing, he, the best job he can do. I just you look at what was able to be accomplished during his first term, and we'll kind of go more of that in a later episode. But uh, civil fraud trial in New York. Oh yeah, uh, Donald oh, yeah. Trump was over was ordered to pay over four hundred and fifty million dollars, and that's including interest and penalties for the uh, fraud he committed in terms of his real estate holdings. Like he said, this property was actually uh, on the tax rolls to say for a million dollars. But when he applied for loans to, for his business, he'd say it was actually worth a hundred million. <laughs> and that's, in, that's what's crazy. <laughs> so, and, you know, you looked at that valuation and your holding. So like, you know, when I protest my taxes, I'd say, Hey, County says my my house is worth a hundred thousand. I'm saying it's only worth fifty thousand. You know, it's the opposite. Yeah. And and vice versa, he would say, when it came time to tax time, he would say, "Oh, it's actually only worth a dollar." Get about on paying taxes on that. So that's kind of the, the, the in a nutshell what was able to uh, what happened in the New York case civil fraud trial. Now, what's interesting about that case is that. Uh, his lawyers, when he chose to fight this, she chose to not have a jury trial. 
but to have a judge trial. Mm -hmm. And so there was no jurors in this courtroom, no in this verdict. It was just a judge. And then this judge, Arthur and Goron, found him guilty on fraud. And then the second phase of the trial was just what he would pay. What would the things be? And then part of the settlement when he ordered the pay is he can't do business in New York for three years. Wow. He's uh, him and his and his sons can't do business in New York for three years. So they straight up can't they straight up can't do business. They're ordered to not do business to no can't hold any any positions and financial services. And they can't take out a bank loan in New York. No yeah. bank loans whatsoever. And that's kind of part of the judgment. And there was a, uh, a a neutral third party set came in there to oversee the financial dealings so that they don't commit fraud in the future. Kind of what are your thoughts, Ricky? That is uh, so the, the, the act of committing fraud, uh, <laughs> like I'm going to quote Trump in that meme. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's I'm a businessman. I was doing business. You know, I fully believe that Trump doesn't see his actions as wrong and he sees it as common practice. Right. I That's probably why he did it, I think. Um, reason being is because, yeah, he's a businessman, so he's going to find every single way to get an extra dollar on his side. Right. Um, and whether or not that's illegal, you know, well, it's up for the courts to decide. Right. And the court decided. So, hey, you're doing this. It's fraud. And like you said, like you're overvaluing uh, your, you know, his real estate um, portfolio to leverage his um business loans and, and so on. So yeah, it makes sense. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, I grew up, th you know, hearing the term, you know, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money, right? Like that's a common expression. Um, and the more I look at it, it, I don't really think you gotta spend, you gotta have money to make money. And it's crazy. Um, the more, you know, I, I age and the more I see um, money, how it moves back and forth, you have to have some of it to make more of it. And then you have to have a lot of it to make even more of it. And then so, you know, and you get it kind of like what Trump was doing. He was trying to borrow against it. And as a, as a homeowner, right, just a small little, little fucking residential house, I see the benefits of having money on my side where I could borrow against it. And it's, it's crazy, but I would never, you know, have a, a bank. Hey, how much do you want? I'm like, well, you know, my house was actually worth a million dollars. I would never do that because... I know, hey, it's actually only worth, you know, 250000 I'm not going to take it out four times what it's worth. But, yeah. you know, a businessman, they don't have that mentality because they don't think that the laws apply to them, right? And I'm not a bank. So if I were to go to the bank, if you're the banker and I say, hey, Raphael, I want a million dollar loan. I'm going to borrow it against my house. Trust me, my house is worth, uh, worth twice that. You'll be fine. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to send a guy out to you, Right. I'm going to send a guy out to do his due diligence, walk around the house, make sure there's actually a house, make sure it's worth that much. I have no way to tell you, don't do that. Like, don't do that. Because I'm just a guy, right? Trump has that those resources, right? Mm -hmm. So if he goes to any place and he's like, hey, this this house is worth 200 million, three, whatever, however many million, no one's going to look at him and be like, okay, well, we're going to send a guy just to check it out, right? Worse yet, and I don't know if they found this, but worse yet would be, hey, we're going to send a guy to check it out. And then Trump catches him. And it's like, hey, bud, here's $50,000 to not do your job. You know what I mean? Like, did that happen? Yeah. Who knows? But again, I don't put it past, and not just Trump, but most business people to do it that way because they know the value of capital on their side. Um, so 
definitely about time that not only a business person, but also someone who I think most of the American public would generally see in an unfavorable light in terms of being quote unquote above the law that they're getting their, their comeuppance, so to speak. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's refreshing. And I think that's why they went with the non-jury, um, uh, you know, case. Because, judge only trial, yeah. Yeah, because what would happen is it would become a political farce. It'd be, well, I like Trump, so I'm going to, you know, go this way, or I don't like Trump. And we already know he's a polarizing person. So it'd be impossible to find an impartial jury. And this is the, the judgment starts at 30-day clock for them to file an appeal. But if they do file an appeal, the Trump team, that is, they have to put up the $454 million. Yeah, which makes in the escrow, because yeah. you know obviously you want to do that. So if if they lose the appeal, they the money's the money there goes right back out. Yeah, and already Letitia James has already said that if Trump can't pay or won't pay, they're already making the next step to seize his properties. Wow, that is seize crazy. his buildings. So that's insane. That takes it to another level. Yeah. So does Trump have the liquid cash on hand? To you know, yes, he is a billionaire, but like Elon Musk. He's he's a billionaire in his stocks and his company. Yep. yep. He just paper. has to sell his like on paper. He's a billionaire. Like same thing. Jeff Bezos on paper. He's a billionaire. Like he doesn't he doesn't get an income. Like it's all in this his his stock. He's like he sells them some shares. Oh, I got some more money. So that's how kind of the rich rich do it. But uh, I don't know if he has that much money. I, but I think what will happen is he'll bleed the Republican Party dry. Because they're already, he's already bleeding them dry on all his expenses for his his lawyers and and his circles. So I think it's gonna be a, a moment of reckoning, the day of reckoning, because where the rubber meets the road, and so that he's gonna have to start spending some of his own money and not everybody else's money, because there's just so much money and only so much money can be go around, can be stretched in. So uh, I'm curious to see if he puts up the money, and if he can't. Because he already asked for a, a stay and a 30-day, an additional window. The judge already denied that. Said, no, you didn't give me good enough reasons. You're going to owe that money in 30 days. That's a brave so judge. Let's just, let's just talk about that. That's a brave fucking judge. You're going to begin yeah, the yeah, president of the United States, billionaire. And he's that judge, is that's a fucking hero there. Yeah, and then during the court, there was like Trump had a lot of different outbursts. And in the courtroom and he and the judge kept his composure because he could have like if it was honestly if it was, straight, if it was anybody else they would have been held in contempt mm. and probably arrested but because he's a former president he got the judge gave him deference but he also he he didn't put up with this shit he's like hey all right sit sit down you done talk i let you talk you wanted to talk and closing arguments at the waning days of the trial so Hats off to Arthur and Goron for holding Trump accountable because that's something that was never done. We talked about why is it nobody holding people accountable? No, Trump being held accountable, uh, this $454 million settlement, and not to mention the $80 million defamation trial of E.G. and Carroll. There's a lot of money he having to pay. So uh, it remains to be seen. We'll, guys, we'll definitely keep you updated. Uh, Ricky, kind of what, what are your last thoughts here before we get out of here? Uh, so last thing, well, do we want to talk about the stock thing? So – we just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you just saw some movie yeah. and so we kind of just talked about like the rich right and how they kind of have their ways to get around the system and make money and and they have these uh they know all the channels of the stock market they know all the little loopholes of the fucking um banking systems and they know all the 
they know all the people they have everybody on their side to make money with the money that they already have so let's talk about the normal people people like you and me people like our listeners who are just normal fucking people what do we have okay in 2020 is what i believe is when it started um there was the meme stock right which was gamestop now if you're like me we i was paying a little bit of attention to it and then uh i just didn't really fully understand it i knew basically what was happening was okay similar to like trump and his uh his internal like hey my house is worth this much um it was happening with hedge funds now these are people who um own a company and their company solely is to take your money invest it in companies for you make you money and then give you back money right that's what a hedge fund is um now these hedge funds are really fucking wealthy right billions and billions of dollars well one thing that they can do is they can do what's called a short position where they bet against a company right now what they did was they bet against gamestop because they were like this is a terrible company one crazy motherfucker on reddit spent his life savings sixty thousand dollars and bought sixty thousand dollars worth of gamestop stock um which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of like wall street but what happened was he started putting it on reddit and youtube and people started buying the stock right because they were just like hey this guy's doing it fuck it let's yolo and this wasn't a lot of money a hundred dollars here two hundred dollars there but it was literally millions of people doing this or hundreds of thousands of people at least and what happened was the price of the stock went up it started going bananas right to the moon as we say and uh this movie that i just watched was about that was about this whole process happening and it's it's it explains it really well and uh it's cool because now that everything's over and everything's kind of like settled down you could kind of look backwards and see uh how it happened and it's pretty pretty fucking interesting because we talked about it we were more on the dogecoin side right in our early days yeah um but you know we were still involved in the whole you know diamond hands uh to the moon right all that yeah. came from from GameStop, um, and it's crazy because what ended up happening was the little guy, right? The, in the, in the, they call us retail investors, right? The retail investors that use Robinhood app that buy a stock here and there. Those people were upset. They were angry at the hedge funds, at the big money, because the big money is smarter than us, right? They think that we don't know what the fuck we're doing, and they're going to take our money. So instead, we put our money into this one stock collectively and held it and what ended up happening was the GameStop stock went so high that these hedge funds that were betting against uh GameStop they had a short position meaning every time that the GameStop stock makes money they lose money and it went so high that it bankrupted the fucking um the hedge fund and you know this is one of those small stories and it's just a dude that's the best part it was just a fucking random dude in the middle of like Massachusetts who had like a you know crazy YouTube channel and he ended up testifying before Congress because he got so popular and um, he got so, uh, you know, influential in, in that in that world. And it's a really good it's a really good movie. If you're if you got it's only, you know, hour and a half. Um, if you got fucking a little bit of time to check it out, uh, it's a really light, you know, light movie to watch. You don't have to pay too much attention, but it's fucking interesting because it shows you, you know, just where. It's, it's one of those movies that kind of like, yeah, dude, I'm pissed off. Like, this is bullshit. Why is it that these companies are getting bailed out and I'm not, you know, like, let's stick it to the man kind of thing. That, that is what was happening. Really good fucking movie. Yeah. And that's kind of like, you know, what we're trying to say is that, you know, people don't have that much disposable income and can't really have really invest the millions of dollars that other Wall Street investors can. 
and everybody kind of pulling their money together to sh- to basically short their short yeah. by raising the by investing in GameStop because you know GameStop is you know kind of it's games that you can download digitally now, uh, so it's kind of who, who knows where it goes from here. But I do remember Dogecoin. We rode the wave. We didn't. We decided to hold. We should have sold when it hit its peak, but we didn't. And then I I still end up coming out on top, but it just wasn't as much on top. Same. And so I kind of got out of that since that that incident. I just kind of stopped doing the stock thing. But I think I'll get back into it. But I think after the house is paid off, I'll get back into that. Which is smart. So that I can have more. I'll just have more disposable income. Yes. And uh, just get out the debt. But that that's a tall order. But uh, that's kind of something for me. I, I'm just a goal of mine to look forward to in the future. And maybe Diamond Hands, baby. Who knows? But, guys, yeah. this is Only Dad's Podcast. <laughs> you want, if you have any tips, comments, or suggestions, you reach out to us at OnlyDadsPodcast at gmail.com. Ricky, something you want to say? Yeah. If if there is the next meme stock, whether it's GameStop or Dogecoin, you're going to fucking hear it first. All right? So you're going to want to fucking hit that subscribe button, save it, because we're paying attention. We're scouring the internet. We're out there with our fucking pickaxes in the dirt. Looking for these meme stocks, all right? Once we find one, we're going to let you know. Only dads, baby.